3: A radiophonic novella, Locatora Radio, hosted by Mala Muñoz and Diosa Femme. Hola, hola, Locamores. Welcome back to Season 4 of Locatora Radio, Por Casteras Peligrosas, Wanted for Crimes Against the Patriarchy.
4: Locatora Radio is a radiophonic novella, which is just a very extra way of saying...
3: A podcast! A podcast. We interrupt our regularly scheduled programming to bring you Quarantine Confidential, a special pandemic broadcast about our experiences with quarantine and COVID-19. I'm Diosa. And I'm
4: Mala. Last time on Locatora Radio, we spoke with comedian Marcela Arguello about comedy, parking lot stand-up, and Latino gatekeepers and entertainment. You can tune into that episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Audioboom. And as always, remember to leave us a review, uh, rate us, subscribe, download, share with a friend, all that good stuff
3: yes we love reading the reviews on apple podcast and another way to stay connected with us is to subscribe to our newsletter called besitos you can head over to our instagram and hit the link in the bio or you can head over to our website locatoraradio.com and subscribe that way it's where you'll get all behind the scenes access to new merch that's coming and also special discount codes if you are a newsletter subscriber, then you probably know that you had two hours to shop early before everyone else did for our merch launch that uh, launched a couple weeks ago now. So thank you to everyone that has purchased merch. Uh, We are getting those orders out as quickly as possible. Uh, And just be patient. Remember, we're in a pandemic.
4: And you can also support our Indie Latina-led podcast by becoming a patron on patreon.com. One of the perks of being a Locatora Radio patron is ad-free listening and discount codes and first dibs for new Locatora merch. So head to patreon.com to become a patron today.
3: Also, you can keep up with us on Instagram. We host a somewhat weekly IG Live called Oye Locas on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Times. We're currently revamping the way we do our IG Live, so you may see more guests on IG Live. So uh, definitely uh, check that out. We always post the flyers on our social media, and they will probably 90% of the time be on Thursdays, so you can expect that from us moving forward.
4: And, you know, we're not only podcasting on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We're also super active on all the social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, even TikTok. You can follow us on all of those platforms at locatora underscore radio.
3: Also, another way to support us is to donate to the Venmo. You can hit the Venmo at locatora-radio. We just got through looking at some of the donations for the past month, month and a half. And thank you so much to everyone that sent money, sent birthday funds on my birthday, and also that just sent random little notes and and some Venmo funds. Uh, It's really nice to see y'all you know, right, how much the podcast has resonated with you and just supporting and showing some love via Venmo. So thank you so much to all of our listeners that have done that the past month or two. It's really sweet. It goes appreciated. It's very much appreciated. And, you know, if you're a cis hetero man and are looking for a findom drain and aspire to be our human wallet, you can escort yourself over to our Venmo once again at locatora-radio.
4: Um, we've been told that maybe we should think about ways to outreach and really like market and market to and target, um, our male listeners, our, our cishet male followers and listeners. So this is how we're doing that. If you are a simp and you follow and listen, and we know you're out there, this is the way that we are, um, catering to you. This is your avenue. Hit the Venmo. Yes. (laughs) And now for the, the carne, the main event of this particular capitulo, the post election week hellscape capitulo. And we are unpacking the Latino tote. There is a Latino tote that I feel all of our conversations about the, like, Latinx participation in this election can fit into. And we've been reading about it on Twitter and on Instagram and on cable news, hearing, like, non-Latinx people talk about the Latinx vote and kind of seeing the conversation um, go on and on and on. And we want to unpack the tote here with you all today and i actually think that we need to make totes printed that say latino vote on them because it's like now become a buzzword it's a trending topic
3: absolutely we have definitely kept up with the conversations about the latino vote the latinx vote if you will and um it's interesting to see non-latinx folks or not people of color even mainly white people that have this um they talk about the Latino vote, right, and especially in this election of the number of Latinos and Latinx folks that have, that showed up for Trump, which is its own conversation. But, like, they failed to mention the percentage of white people that voted for Trump. He actually, you know, went up in percentages of white voters, so... They need to collect their folks. We need to collect our folks, right? And everyone at those intersections. Uh, but it's very interesting to see, not to see white people talk about the Latino, the Latinx vote in these ways.
4: Yeah, and like you said, white people came out in even larger numbers to vote for Donald Trump this election when we compare 2020 to the 2016 numbers. White people, even at the white electorate, even post-COVID-19 fiasco, came out even stronger for him. And it is bizarre, it's very telling, but it also gives us a lot of insight to the potential of like a liberal or left-leaning electorate To really pull together and get something accomplished, like at the final hour, because it's sort of what we're seeing right now, even though there's kind of a little coup in progress, like white people came out in larger numbers, but we still are beating them, which I think it says something.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I I also think it's really important to actually think about the Republican strategy and they have a really good strategy, whether or not you agree with it. We obviously do not lean that way. We're very far left in the progressive lane. Um, But one of the things when reading about the quote Latino Latinx vote is that the Republicans targeted or they knew to outreach to evangelical Christians That were Latino. And they knew that. And I think that that's where the Democratic Party, uh, the left wing party, really gets it wrong. You know, not all Latinos are immigrants and left wing and, you know, want, quote, social services, right? Um, And that's one of the things that I've really been thinking about post election is how the Democratic Party really fails Latinos. And then we're expected to just show up for them for the Democratic Party because. You know, they have, quote, our best interests, but they don't actually show up for us. And not to be
4: forgotten in these conversations ever is the reality of democratic presidents and democratic, like, parties for decades now having really awful impacts on our communities and the conversation always comes back to immigration and, well, who built the cages to begin with that we're talking about today. Those were not built under Donald Trump, not all of them. You know, that was under Democratic leadership. And so there are ongoing um, harms that have been done and are being done by Democrats. And having Democrats in office has never necessarily been like a symbol of freedom and justice and hope for Latinx communities, like on multiple levels. So it's very hard, but I also want it to be over because I want even just the most bare bones, practical presidential stuff to to happen. I just want a lockdown. I just want a stimulus check. I just want some semblance of normalcy when it comes to, like, what a, a relatively capable leader would do in the midst of a pandemic, which we haven't seen or had this whole year. Por casteras peligrosas. Get 15% off of your purchases from Latina-owned makeup brand, uh, Vive Cosmetics. The holidays are coming up and Vive has put out a beautiful collection of lippies and highlighters and all kinds of beautiful makeup products. So head to vivecosmetics.com and use our affiliate code LOCATORARADIO15.
3: We are also huge advocates of therapy at Locatora Radio and this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you are struggling and seeking options for therapy, please go to trybetterhelp.com/locatora and receive 10% off your first month. It's really cool because you can access you have access to a licensed therapist really from the the palm of your hand from your phone anytime anywhere. So if that's something that you're interested in, especially being in a pandemic, And being remote, you can try betterhelp.com slash locatora.
4: So something that's been coming up around conversations regarding the Latino vote, item number one to uh, remove from the Latino tote, is that by demographic, Latinx groups voted very differently. Did not vote as a monolith, which has been pointed out over and over again forever. I feel like it's always around election season that the national conversation spends like 30 seconds on Cubans voting very right all the time and leaning right historically. So this year that conversation came back around in major ways and we were all like, oh my God, Florida, WTF. And then we were all like, you know, fucking facepalm the Cubans with their Republican ass voting, but they weren't the only ones. They were not the only Latinos who voted red in 2016 and in 2020. So there is this poll provided to us by the American election eve poll on the national Latino vote breakdown. Diosa, do you want to share some of these numbers with our listeners? Because I find them fascinating.
3: Absolutely. So breaking it down by region, these aren't very specific. Obviously, South America is huge, but we see 58% voted for Biden and 40% voted for Trump. So 40% of South Americans in the US voted for Trump. For Central Americans, we're at 59% for Biden and 29% for Trump. For Puerto Ricans, we have 70% for Biden and twenty six percent for Trump, which is still really high. They're all really yeah. high. They're all yeah. really high. Let me just say honestly. That. Um for Cubans, we have forty five percent for Biden, fifty two percent for Trump, and mexicanos, Mexican Americans, Chicanos, seventy four percent for Biden, and twenty three percent for Trump.
4: So it's so interesting to see these numbers because as you pointed out, I mean everybody, had above 20% at least voting red and voting for Donald Trump across the board. There's not a ton of specificity in this graph. You know, there's folks ask like, where's the Dominican uh, polls? Because, you know, Dominican Americans are significant enough demographic and voting block that I think they could have had their own. But yeah, everybody had a sizable chunk of the voting folks, at least of those polled, right, who voted red. And so that's very telling.
3: Absolutely. I mean, one of the really fascinating things that I learned a, a couple days prior to election day was I listened to El Ilo podcast, a uh, podcast by Radio Ambulante, and they interviewed folks in Florida, and they interviewed a Venezolana, and she was an undecided voter. And this was a couple days before elections. She was undecided, and she was saying that her entire family voted for Trump because they were, because Trump allegedly, I had never actually have heard this, I've never seen this actually sourced, allegedly Trump said that he would help Venezuela if he was elected. And so this also goes into a much further conversation about misinformation that is spread via facebook via whatsapp that's owned by facebook for folks who don't know whatsapp is very prominent in the latin american communities because it's it's free you don't you can have it on any kind of phone it's not specific to an iphone or a samsung you can download it and so Folks talk to their family members in Latin America, in the U.S., wherever, through WhatsApp, and there's a lot of misinformation spread that way. So I would not be surprised if someone doctored a photo where it's set where Trump is supposedly saying, I'm going to send aid to Venezuela if I'm elected the, a second term, right? And so folks are also thinking about their respective home countries, right? And so... It's really important to take those things into consideration. Whether or not you agree with them, I still think it's important to know why. Like, why are Latinos showing up in these ways for Trump? And that's what's so great about any type of specific
4: data that really breaks things down into more recognizable parts than just the sort of bland Latinx labeling. Because if we look at, for example, the folks that vote, read more often than any other Latinx group, Cubans, right, Cuban Americans, we can talk about them specifically and their specific relationship to immigration, their specific relationship to race and to economics, and the really harsh reality that most Republican, wealthy Cuban Americans are descendants of slave owners, like quite literally, you know, um, plantation owners, Who absolutely did not want to participate in the socialist redistribution of unjustly inherited wealth, you know, and then fled Cuba and came to the United States. Like, these are where those interests are coming from, vastly different than I would say most Central American voters, regardless of age, you know, um, or how long they've been in the United States or not. So I think something that we're continuing to learn is that we need specificity. We need like really deep knowledge of the specific folks and communities we're talking about. The RGV came up a lot too. the RGV vastly different voting interests than Cubans in Florida, but still voting red um, in many instances.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for bringing that up. It's so true. And the specificity is really important because that's how I think that moving forward, folks that are running grassroots campaigns or just campaigns in general, like they really need to know how to reach the quote, how to get the Latino vote, right? And reach Latinos like in legit, in real ways. And that's really important moving forward. It's not just playing fucking despacito on your phone and, you know, thinking that, all right, I got them.
4: Absolutely. That was so, that just, whatever the context was behind that little clip of Joe Biden playing despacito off his phone and like smiling along and one man in the crowd egging him on and telling him to dance. Like there was something going on there. Somebody told him to do it, but just the little clip itself, it just speaks volumes and it doesn't come off right. It doesn't look good.
3: (laughs) I feel like I feel the thing here is that no one told him to do it is how I interpret it. I feel like he was just trying to be like cool and cute, you know, oh, I know this pasito. That's how I oh, interpret no. <laughs> it. But, you know, I, I could be wrong, I don't know, but yeah, you know, I don't really know what to think post election in terms of the Latino vote. Um, I are we over it? I don't know. Should we be over it? Maybe not, but I think we do need the specificity like you're like you're saying. Um, because like everyone says, every single time we're not a monolith. And so, you know, playing um, Selena is not going to resonate in the same way for, you know, Dominicans and Puerto Ricans on the East Coast, right? It's not the same. It's not the same. And having real people from these communities on these campaigns is, I think, what's going to make a big difference.
4: Yeah. And also just, you know, I would like to start seeing more voting breakdown just based on class and income. Because I think especially with regards to Latinx voters and Latino voters, I think that class plays a much bigger role than the polls and the pollsters have been necessarily acknowledging. And um, there are huge class disparities within the Latino electorate. And I think that drives so much of, Um, our voting choices. Also, as we tend to to hyper focus on religion, I feel like folks hyper focus on the single issue religious voters and they forget, oh no, they're like literal Latinx millionaires. Like, can we talk about that and how they're like throwing everybody else under the bus for their tax breaks?
3: It's so true. I think that now, granted, there are like really loud Latino for Trump supporters. I know that they exist. I've seen the Homies for Trump page. I've seen Chingo Bling, whoa, like huge shock. Well, I don't know if shock, but wow. Chingo Bling, very outright supporting Trump. Um, Gross. Gross. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, but I think that there's also a lot of quiet Latino Trump supporters, and I've said it before, and those are the ones that vote because of their tax bracket and they vote red for those reasons. I like have heard since, you know, pre-elections, I heard from people, not my direct friends, but people that I've been around that have made money that are like new money Latinos, right? Voting for Trump, but they don't say it. You're never going to see that on their social media. You're never going to see them sharing a pro-Trump Facebook, you know, post, but they're there. And those are the ones we need to to talk to, right? They're the ones in our families probably, maybe.
4: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's – also, it's just – it's exhausting because I don't know of any argument I can make at this stage of the game, no. right? Like, if everything that has happened thus far mm-hmm. has not been enough to convince yeah. people – not to vote red. I literally don't know yeah. what is
3: <laughs> Right, well I think like, I think that misinformation has a lot to do with it, right? And I think that getting that, going to the source of that and cutting that and um, Twitter has, enabled a lot of abuse but i did notice and they had said that they were going to be flagging posts that were incorrect right that they were factually incorrect which what they what they were doing for like all of trump's tweets post-election um but i think that there's some serious serious responsibility that the social media apps and so the heads of these networks need to like take responsibility for, you know, because that misinformation is real. And that's why you have people believing Trump said he was going to help Venezuela, you know, I've like seen firsthand the misinformation that's this that is spread on WhatsApp when I was in Peru at the pre pre lockdown in Peru, and my primo was showing me what was being shared on his WhatsApp groups. And I was like, that's wrong. Like, and I showed him like, this is wrong. And I just did a quick Google. And it it's unfortunate that that misinformation is spread, especially in the pandemic, especially during an election season. Um, but yeah, the onus needs to be on the folks creating the apps that are running that, that are running the apps, literally. Yeah,
4: they absolutely 100% control the flow of information. They just do. Like Nothing gets shared on these apps without like the mainframe supporting it. And there has to be ownership. You know what I mean? Accountability. And Zuckerberg has been, for I think what feels like years now, been like in the hot seat and kind of just tossing his hands in the air. Like, well, you know, free market concepts applied to social media and propaganda. I am sick of their very like... Angel face, dumbstruck, I'm just a young white boy that doesn't know better. I don't know. IDK, I'm innocent. I'm a cherub. Don't get mad at me. I just want everyone to participate freely. I don't buy it. Shut up.
3: I mean, if you just think about if you when you really know that Facebook was started as a way to rate women, I mean, that tells you everything you need to know about where these people stand when it comes to doing anything morally correct. His?
4: cut tells me everything that I need to know (laughs) about his his ability to be morally correct. His little watery little frog eyes. I can sit here and say, like, I hate him. Yeah. I hate Mark Zuckerberg.
3: Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go back to the reptilian conspiracy theory. Throw back to the beginning of 2020, different lighter times.
4: It's like Mark Zuckerberg is single-handedly contributing to the creation of an environment so toxic that only reptilians can survive it.
3: Ooh, girl! Yes, you said a mouthful there. Yes,
4: I think that's what's happening
3: here, girl. So bad. I know. Speaking (gasps) speaking of, um, I want to I want I want to plug because since the pandemic, or I don't even know, maybe just a month ago, I don't even know the timeline anymore. But I have been learning more about cybersecurity or doing my best to learn about cybersecurity. And so I wanted to plug Cyber Collective Org. It's woman and immigrant owned. And uh, they share all these like cybersecurity tips. So if that's something that interests you, if you want to learn how to make your social media use safer, plug uh, connecting to public Wi-Fi's, don't do that, is what I learned. Uh, mm. always connecting to Starbucks and Coffee Bean. Don't be doing that, apparently. Take your Same. buy your own hotspot. Yeah. So head that way if that's something that you're interested in.
4: God, the US is so janky. Can I just say
3: <laughs> Yes?
4: Can I just say there are places in the world like in Mexico, you can go to Mexico City and the, all the placitas and stuff have public Wi-Fi and in the parks and things. And like in everywhere, everywhere else besides here, it's like Wi-Fi is just like a given. And here it's like, oh no, your Wi-Fi is going to give your phone a disease. <laughs> it will ruin your life. Don't do mm-hmm. it.
3: Don't do it.
4: But that's a good resource. Thank you for sharing it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we can combat the
4: hellscape we live in.
3: We're at the end of 2020. That hit me today. Like, obviously, I know we're in November, but I'm like, oh, my God, 2021 is literally here tomorrow. And that caused a little bit of anxiety because we really have spent the majority of the year in this limbo of kind of on lockdown, kind of not really. People are still objecting on wearing masks people are still getting together and now we're at the holiday season and the bar is so low that we just want a presidential leader to be able to lead literally that is it like i don't expect you know president biden to come in and like okay it's all over everything is normal again absolutely not and i think to expect that is somewhat naive but i do expect some type of leadership right that there will be a policy implemented and a plan implemented as well so yeah i'm i'm just you know trying to write out the rest of 2020 as safely as possible
4: agreed i agree completely write out the year make it to next year hopefully better off right better off next year than we have been this year and i think that having a shift in leadership might at the very least boost some morale you know what i mean um and i think we'll take whatever wins we can get at this point but locally we had a really big win with measure j measure j passed and that is um, a piece of legislation that promises a big chunk of money to go into resources, services for historically marginalized and under-resourced communities of color in LA, and um, it's money that is guaranteed, like, for for a lifetime, and the city council, like, can't cut it or get rid of it. Uh, we spoke with Eonisa Hernandez, who is one of the Basically, the architects of Measure J, who was really working on it and pushing it and getting it on the ballot and uh, u- really using the power of social media and like local media outlets, not unlike Locatora, right, to get the word out. And the sheriffs put a lot of money into fighting against Measure J with a lot of really like melodramatic, like TV ads and things showing like helicopters on fire, like all emergency services are gonna be destroyed and just defunct forever. Um, but it still won, even in spite of like, you know, big money from the sheriffs. So that's, that was an exciting local victory. Um, I was happy to see that happen.
3: Yeah, additionally, a local victory for LA was uh, District Attorney Gascon, being elected and Jackie Lacey is now out. And uh, that was a really big win and definitely all credit to the black lives matter movement and chapter that really put pressure on Gascon to hold LAPD accountable to hold police police officers accountable, and also that were protesting outside of J- Jackie Lacey's house for months, you know, and were at her office and were had their list of demands. So that's definitely a big win for LA as well. Yeah,
4: absolutely. And and as far as Jackie Lacey goes, you know, I also am just let's see what the new DA does because the position of DA itself is not like a position that is designed with like the purposes of liberation and like racial justice in mind so we'll see what a new person does in the office but the office itself is is very tainted in this city especially when it comes to the lack of prosecution the lack of prosecuting killer cops and police officers lapd officers who basically terrorize Black and brown and homeless people in L.A. and have been doing so for years. Um, I mean, like, you know, Rodney King happened in L.A. Like, this is historically a bad place as far as bringing justice against police.
3: Absolutely. I mean, George Gascon is a former police officer. Like, he was a chief deputy, I believe. So, or chief of police. And so, yeah, it goes without saying that... There is definitely pause. People are not like super. People are excited in the sense that Jackie Lacey was voted out, but people, of course, are gonna I think have their guard up about Gascon, and basically are gonna see if he's gonna walk the talk.
4: Yes. My other question with regards to elections is where is Garcetti gonna be, and when is he is he gonna is he gonna bounce and go join the Biden cabinet? And what's that handover going to be like? And who does he hand us over to? And how does that happen? And is it a good thing for us? Is it a bad thing for us? Because we're still in a pandemic and everything is trash. Like, just how is it
3: going to work? I personally think he's going to leave. I think he's going to leave. And I think that that could be a good thing because he has really mishandled homelessness in L.A. County. And um, there's that, you know. But then we're also in a pandemic. And so it, it's like, it, part of it is like, okay, cool, good riddance. Like you didn't really lead LA. There yeah. were some good things. There were some not, you know, negative things. Uh, But then also you're leaving in the middle of a pandemic and what a mess. You're leaving a mess. Leaving a
4: humongous mess. And um, like, it's going to take so long to clean it up. Like this is something that's going to be, we're going to be recovering from this forever. Stress.
3: (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah, stress indeed. Stress.
4: So on a lighter note, something that we are so excited and happy about is our new merch that we launched. We shot a cute little promotional video. We shared it with you all on Instagram and Twitter and such. And we opened up our online store between our patrons and our newsletter subscribers. We were basically sold out within a few hours and it was really exciting. So we have packaged up all of our merch and we're going to be shipping it out. Folks ordered merch from all over the country. There's going to be Locatora merch where in Kansas, in Florida, all over the place. So we're super excited and we're going to make pre-sale merch available sometime in the future. We'll make announcements online, but to find out first, make sure that you subscribe to our newsletter, Besitos, or become
3: a patron on patreon.com. Also, we are on TikTok. If you haven't seen that already, Mala has been running our TikTok page and making the cutest TikToks because she is young and hip unlike me so head head over to our tiktok channel page our tiktok page channel i think it's a tiktok is it a channel okay i
4: don't
3: know (laughs) actually i don't know okay head over to our tiktok at locatora underscore radio um so you can keep in touch with us that way uh share the videos tell your friends to follow us there we are keeping up with the youth
4: we're trying are darned is to keep up with the youth So speaking of youth we are offering podcasting webinars for youth for free online through the LA Public Library November 17th November 24th and December 1st 8th and 15th so you can keep an eye on locator social media we're going to be announcing these dates and times. Uh, It'll be the afternoon of the 17th to the 24th and so on and so forth. And you can also check out the LAPL website for more information.
3: Yes, come learn how to podcast with us. We're super excited to offer free webinars, especially to the youth. It's really important that we as, you know, Folks that have been in the podcast game for four years, you know, relatively new, kind of not. I think we've accomplished a, a fair amount of things. It's really important to us to empower youth, to use their voice, to create their own things. You know, we're tired of the gatekeeping. And the only way to get through that is to create your own shit and hopefully get it funded.
4: 100%. Indie all the way. That's our motto. We're still indie. It's... it's- it's been fun, but it is tough, but it's not impossible. So if you want to learn how to do it, come participate in one of our webinars, and we're going to tell you how.
3: Yes, come through. All right, y'all. Well, that has, this has been the newest capítulo of Locatora Radio, capítulo 96. We're so close to 100 episodes. I cannot believe it. Also, I'm like, how have we not reached 100 already? But then I remember that we're busy-ass bitches, and sometimes we don't record consistently because life happens and we have a lot of other stuff going on
4: we do our best we do what we can
3: yes 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 we do so thank you once again for tuning in like share subscribe tell your homegirl tell your prima tell your tia about locatora radio have them tune into the episode host a listening party and tag us let us know that you're listening with your homegirls with your primas Remotely, please don't don't gather.
4: No gatherings. No gatherings. Stay safe out there, everyone. This has been another installment of Quarantine Confidential. Locatora Radio.
3: Besitos. Locadora Radio. Radio. Mommy's of myth and bullshit a radiophonic novella Locatora Radio hosted by Mala Muñoz and Diosa Femme
2: Right Rug Flooring.